Hi, my name is John Kim. I'm a therapist who went through his own rebirth many years ago, and I've been documenting my journey ever since, sharing my life lessons and revelations. I believe in casual over clinical, with you instead of at you. I come unrehearsed on purpose because self-help doesn't have to be so complicated. I am super excited about this episode. We have uh, Corinne Fisher, and by the way, um, as I get older, I, I don't know what it is, but I, I have, I can't pronounce shit. I'm saying things, I, I butcher names. And before I got on, I had to consciously say Corinne. I even asked Vanessa, hey, it's Corinne, right? And she's like, John, it's not Corinne, it's Corinne, just smoothly. And I, and I was like, I'm probably going to say Chlorine. It's Chlorine Fisher. Anyway. People call me straight corny sometimes like when i get into ubers a lot of times they'll be like hi corny and i'm like i can't whatever whatever it means to you it's fine <laughs> I, I i i love your name it's it's my my uh yeah it's my my issue and uh christina hutchinson christina i love the way you spell your name with a y i've never seen two y's two yeah yes. i did not pick it that's all my mom's doing but yeah love it's very it. apparently it's polish but we are not polish they are guys we fucked, and uh, before we get into uh, that, their podcast and 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 you know the the mission behind that and how it happened, um, I like starting off by throwing guests into the deep end, um, pushing them actually from the from 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 behind. And so, Christina, I'm going to ask you a question, kind of probably personal, and uh, um, being a therapist, it'll be something that is uh, you know something happening inside, and then and then and then Corinne. I'm going to ask you a different question because if I don't, it's like you having floaties, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, so Cause you'll be thinking about that. Right. Yeah. Cheating. Christina, what is your current greatest struggle in life? <laughs> oh my gosh. I have a couple oh, God. You have, this feels, this question is a solo podcast. Um, my current latest struggle in my life is probably, um, self-sabotage. Mm. Uh, yeah. Give us an example. How does that show up self-sabotage? in relationships, in work? And how does that show up? Yeah. Yeah. In relationships, uh, the, the triggers from childhood still, I think they happen most in relationships. If they're going to happen, they happen a lot in relationships. And so really taking myself aside and not letting it escalate mm -hmm. um, and convincing myself that the feeling that I, that feels very real is old. So that's, uh, and then, pro yeah, procrastinating with, with work stuff or, I always, I have all these to-do lists and I'm always like, I'm not doing enough. I'm not doing enough. And it just, my head is clouded. And uh, yeah, I just, I think I have this early uh, notion that I was a fuck up that mm. got ingrained into me that I'm, that's that notion, particularly I'm trying to undo the, the that, I'm a fuck up. Is that a uh, false belief from childhood? Is that from, a, oh yeah. Uh, from like what teenage years or from early childhood? Before that. Yeah. The oh, whole, wow. the whole thing, the whole childhood. <laughs> I love it. We're Up gonna, until my twenties, <laughs> we're gonna turn this into a therapy session. Uh, and Chlorine Fisher, uh, for you, the question is: uh, What is one thing you know about yourself today that you didn't know just a year ago? Oh my goodness, that's a good question. A good um, that I didn't know about myself a year ago. Uh, <sighs> This is a hard one for me because I know myself pretty well. <laughs> yeah. No, you know, I, 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 I know that because uh, you talk a lot about your inner journey, which is what I, I love. Oh, about. so yeah. so this was this was curated specifically for me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think it's like I know that I'm no longer interested in having relationships with anyone but a soulmate. Mm. That's a, that's, a, that's like a small one. It's honestly not that like big of a part or that that important to me, but it says at least something new. What's your definition of soulmate? Uh, I I would I'll just know. I've been working very hard on my <laughs> I I've been working very hard on my intuition. So I yes. feel like I've become extremely magical, an extremely magical witch in the past year, um, which is more a lot more woo woo than therapy so we don't have to terribly get into it but that's literally what i've spent the last year on because i just was like i have to all i do is like work and i needed something outside of work or like fucking random guys for sport mm. <laughs> which that gets which, old yeah yeah and which brings me to um guys we fucked uh how did how did it start i love that it is a you know um an anti uh 
sex shaming. I mean, I, I, I love that. Yeah, slut shaming. Slut, I'm sorry, not just sex shaming. Uh, slut shaming. Oh, <laughs> yeah. But what is sex shaming? Um, but I love. The, I mean, the Catholic Church. Yeah. 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 And I, I, I love the. Uh, flag you guys are waving and of course it's more than that because you guys uh, go deeper and you talk about everything from relationships to dating and everything but uh from what i've read it started with you guys saying hey let's call our exes and talk to all the guys that we fucked or no which is a great i love that idea uh yeah that was like i mean that was you know kind of it was we were gonna not not like call all the guys we fucked but like we were calling them into the studio to have conversations uh so that we could in turn like get some feedback and learn how to be better partners um and then that quickly changed and evolved from there but that was the original premise was that yes and how long ago did you guys start this 10 years 10 years 10 years in december and uh, for anyone, because I mean, just the fact that you guys have been doing this for 10 years, like, I feel like in internet years, that's like 30, you know, because what it takes yeah. to like it, weekly and guests and production. And, you know, I was in your studio in New York. Uh, it's a lot of discipline. It's a lot of work. I mean, most most people because yeah. there's more podcasts than stars in the sky. And most people drop the ball <laughs> just because they just can't do it long enough. Mm-hmm. So, Never missed yeah. the week years either. What's Never that? missed one. Mine is easier because I just talked to myself for 15 minutes. That's very different than the production you guys have where you guys have guests and it's more long, long, you know, like the longer format. So, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I feel like where the, the reasons why we want to do the podcast, they've certainly evolved over the last 10 years, but they're reasons that we're excited about and that make us curious. And I think that's the other part of the part of the equation that needs to be there. I, I think when the podcast boom happened, people were like, Oh shit, I gotta, I gotta do a podcast. Oh money. Uh, and it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. if that's, if that's how, if you set out to do a podcast from, uh, because of obligation or finances, I feel like the longevity of it is, you know, slim. I think the secret sauce with you guys, um, yes, it's high concept. It's got a great hook. I of course love the name and all that, but I feel like if this was high school and sometimes it can feel like that, you guys are the kind of people who um, would be friends with people from different cliques. Like I could see you guys friends with like the cool, beautiful yeah. crew, but also like the kids from AP class, right? And, uh, and the, oh, whatever, yeah. the, the band people. And I feel like – and the athletes, you know? And I feel like um, it's because you guys show up very authentically. Like you guys are just real. And I think uh, – it's not just about consistency, but um, the way that you that you guys show up, you know, and also very smart and funny, right? So um, you guys have a lot of magic, a lot of elements. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're we're very opposite people in in some bigger ways, and so I think that yeah, we have a good dynamic. We have cool. a twin language at this point. Mm-hmm. I have um, I have a lot of questions because I got a lot of questions from uh, social media, from uh, Instagram. I'll pull from a f- uh, some of those, and also this is the first time I'm using my. Uh, live audience feature on Riverside. So I have the little uh-huh. chat open and uh, there's a there's a question oh, nice. in there. So the people in the front row, one question is about holding out for a soulmate. Could mm-hmm. any part of that be a way of disqualifying, exercising, avoiding attachment with the ideal of a perfect relationship? This is what a therapeutic way to ask a question. I know it's very <laughs> it's very heavy. Uh, so basically, uh, this After person. Yeah. She's saying, are you using the word soulmate as a shield? Are you hiding behind that to? I see what she's saying. I, I personally am not because I have done the work as they say. Um, but I mean, sure you could, you, you could use that. I also have to add, like, I'm like pretty like on the, you know, totem pole of life. I think like relationship is lower for me than it is for the average person. Mm. Um, like, you know, kind of like many people, it's like, I got to get married. And I don't, I don't even know to who yet. I just know I need to get married. And that I've learned over the past years of, of guys we fucked that it's just not the level of priority uh, for me that it is for other people. Christina, is Yeah, and Corinne's more, that's um, no, the same for me. I would say Corinne's more open-minded with her dating experiences than I am. I, I would mm-hmm. say out of the two of us, she's like giving more people chances and I can be like, no, I don't like that. And I like freak, get freaked out pre- kind of prematurely. Um, oh, Christine, yeah. so- 
and saying that I've dated a lot of losers, which I agree. Yes, I have. You have to, you have to kiss some frogs, you know? <laughs> you yeah. have to kiss frogs, apparently. Maybe sometimes you got to lick their butts, too. Yes, you do have to lick, yeah. lick some ass. The poisonous ones yeah. and go on a trip. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I literally kissed frogs as a child, like, in my backyard. Like, I would actually spend mm. hours doing it. Um, I, yeah, I... I um, everybody wants a soulmate. I think like if you're going to, if you're going to do a relationship, why not do it in the most beautiful feeling yeah. the, the beautiful feeling that you can get from that person? Like I love an intense connection, anything below an intense connection. I'm just not interested in, in any way. Cause I like, I like intense things. I like, I like doing weird, exciting, adventurous things. So if I'm going to date somebody, they have to be weird, exciting and adventurous. I can relate uh, with you. Do you have addiction in your blood? Because I, I, I am oh very, yeah. So I love intense things. <laughs> I'm, do, I'm doing ayahuasca in a couple of weeks to to hopefully get it out. <laughs> um, yeah. I, so my dad was not alcoholic. My I have alcoholic everywhere. We're Korean, and it's, and mm. so uh, um, I'm very uh, sexual, and um, I like dopamine, and I'm kind of extreme uh, into some kink stuff like that. Um, I love motorcycles. I love cross. I just love things that are very intense. Um, I don't like the middle. And so sometimes I wonder like, is this a problem or, I mean, but I'm also able to Certainly. Like, have a life and I'm not, you know, in prison or, or hurting anyone, but I tend to swing toward what you're talking about. Uh, the edge. Yeah. I'll notice during my day, um, there's this really great book by Carter Stout called we are all addicts. I mm. love this book because mm. it basically talks about how, you know, this, this, basically, if you had a if you had a um, unstable relationship with a parent from childhood in any way, the likelihood that you're going to develop addiction is like super through the roof. And Carter Stout talks about how, as humans, addiction is kind of wired into us as a part of us. And some people only kind of indulge in it in small ways that aren't hurtful, and then other people indulge in it in big ways. And addiction, the, at the stem of addiction, is just being separated from who you are and separated from mm. like your soul. And right. it, you can be addicted to uh, uh, approval from a man. You can be addicted to alcohol, weed, sure. uh, cigarettes, whatever it is. Um, and so I really like that approach of like, okay. And also I'll notice I'll go through my day and I'm like, I'm trying to get to the next dopamine high. That's mm. what's, that's the marker to get through my day. And that's just not a healthy way to live. That's not a balanced nervous system. That's why I'm doing the ayahuasca. Well, is there, um, so as far as addiction, I mean, would you consider yourself an addict or do you just tend to have yeah. tendencies? You, yeah, I would addict? say, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I would say that. I, I've gone through um, Adderall. I had a really bad Adderall problem. Oh, okay. I would go to nar Narcotics Anonymous meetings on uh, on um, on Zoom because the pandemic made everything accessible over Zoom, and they have them like twenty four hours a day, and they're pretty rough. So yeah. that'll that kind of set you straight, depending on how bad your issue is. Um, so with your childhood, Corinne, I want to know about yours as well. Uh, your childhood. Uh, how were the tracks laid where, uh, as far as attachment and with parents that made you chase dopamine, you think? Um, I think, like? yeah, my mom was bipolar and she was really mm. hot and cold and yeah. she was on a lot of medications that kind of exacerbated her issues. And she went psychotic. Like she went, she had a couple of meltdowns and, um, how I best sum up my relate, my childhood is my mom would use suicide as a manipulation tactic. Mm. And I, I think with, when your parent has a mental illness, you go one of two ways with it. Mm -hmm. One of them is you understand there's some sort of separation between you and the parent, which is lonely, but it's like, okay, it's not me. You don't internalize it. Um, but I think most people go the way I did, which is you internalize it and you assume responsibility for her health. And you see how you feel how great it feels when she's happy. And when you come home from school and you're like, I don't know what kind of mom I'm going to get. And she's like, Hey honey. And you're like, Oh my God, that yeah. is such a high. So yeah. it's like, I think that might be where it comes from. There's also like a weird trauma bond. So if someone's bipolar, there's mm -hmm. this intermittent, I love you get away, which creates a relationship glue. And then as you get older, uh, sometimes we can chase that and because it just smells familiar. And then if we don't yeah. get that, if we don't get in inconsistent love, the person may be boring. Totally. Oh, yeah. I've definitely been through that. That's why, like, that's why I said earlier, like, I, if somebody doesn't really excite me, I, they might as well be a cardboard. I don't, they don't exist in terms well, of a but, romantic prospect. But then, but then I wonder if the prescription is, um, wait, are you in a relationship now? I am. 
oh, and then does this person really excite you? <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. It oh, started okay. out super toxic, which is oh, got it. Yeah, but it didn't start out that way. It started out super toxic. I always think it's interesting because I've known him for five years, and mm. if somebody wrote in guys we fucked with my exact situation up until we kind of be like became official, I would have been like, run for the hills. Have some respect for yourself. What are you doing? Yeah. Um, but I and I, so I was like, okay. We have the benefit of talking about relationships every week for the past 10 years. So I really interrogate my behavior more so than probably the average person. Mm. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to take my own advice if it actually is meant to be, because I really do think it is, but I could be, you know, off here, then it's going to happen and I'll let him go and kind of not talk to him. And he dated other people and then we came back to each other. So I remember it, when it, I was on your guys' podcast, I remember you saying, um, there's nothing hotter than watching your boyfriend fuck someone else. And I was like, what? I did say that. You did say that. And I was like, but then I was like, wow, that's so honest and refreshing. Uh, but I, rem I remember, I mean, there were other things we talked about too, but I remember that, that comment from you. Um, but now I'm putting pieces together. And so that would be an example of edge. That would be an example of dopamine. That would be an example of um, kind of dangerous, you know, playing with, you know, flipping relationships kind of on its head and all of that. So that's, that's interesting. That lines up. Corinne, what about you? Uh, you growing up, uh, what was your childhood like? And how do you think that wired you today? Um, my childhood was pretty like good for lack of a better word. That's like what actually is more so the problem that I, I've mm -hmm. figured out in the past years. The reason I feel like I don't really relate to a lot of people um, and I feel like an alien a lot of the time, I'm pretty sure is because I had a pretty stable childhood. Oh, wait, and wait, so a lot of so wait, uh, wait, wait. Um, first of all, uh, sorry yeah. to interrupt, but this is really important. How sure. does someone, how does someone like you feel like an alien? I, I, I mean, I'm on the outside looking in, so I don't, or, or how did someone like most of us are fucked. Most because of people, well, and speaking of alien, Christina wants to be abducted really bad. That's one of your buckets. More than anything ever. <laughs> yes. Yeah, more than anything. But Karina, I love you. How do you feel, you feel like an outsider? Uh, well, because so like, I mean, just like, I mean, uh, I guess the two examples that I think jump out to me the most often in life are like, number one, like many times people's reactions to things are um, – are like, if you sat me down for 20 minutes and were like, make a list of the most absurd reaction you could have to this event or this thing that someone said to you, I couldn't even create, being a creative person, the reaction that mo most people give me to things. So that's number one. And then number two, just, I mean, this is, I learned from doing the podcast, like, 90% of the stories people tell do not resonate with me in any way mm -hmm. and feelings that they have, like people will be like, Oh, don't you ever feel like that? Like you just are the stupidest person on earth and you can't do anything. Right. And I'll be like, literally never felt like that. Have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> never crossed my mind. Well, well also I was going to say, um, <laughs> yeah, someone like you living in New York city, um, saying that, you know what, like relationships aren't that big of a deal. That's rare. Like I'm not chasing, yeah. uh, you know, your standards being really high and saying, I'm not chasing after anything that doesn't feel, you know, I don't want to say my standards are high. I'd say they are specific. I mean like, so yeah, I'm just not like, so I, th the thing is like, for me, it's like, it's high in a different way. Right. It's mm -hmm. like, if there's not a person who's like, kind of like my perfect fit, I'm not going to do, I'm not going to just be in a relationship to be in a relationship. And I think a lot of people uh, will do that, especially because I have a lot of masculine energy and we see men doing that, you know, kind of just, you know, doing that a lot more often than women. I think it's more likely that a woman is searching for a soulmate. I know men are going to get mad at that, but like, I just have a lot of uh, proof. <laughs> um, you really do. Yes. So that they'll yes. just like hook up with whoever's around and marry whoever's around. So, you know, if you guys want to yeah. present any different data to me, I'd be happy to take a look at it. Um, but like for me, it's, but I, I don't want to pretend that like, you know, relationships aren't important. The few people in my life that I have loved, I have loved with an intensity that has literally at times ruined my life or yeah. halted my life or turned my life around. So I want to be clear about that. <laughs> like, you, uh, would you say you're a recovering love, love, love hard? Yeah, what? Loving, so loving hard. I get it. I am a, a, a hopeless romantic. Uh, sure. it's, in, it's in my blood to kind of, or it used to be in my blood to kind of lose myself in relationships. Right. So, um, mm. were you, were you that way? 
uh, no, I don't lose myself in relationships, but like I take a breakup worse than probably anyone I've ever met. Oh, it's the breakup. It's the expiration. That's which about. was the impetus for this podcast. Like it, the, the idea kind of spawned from a bat from a breakup. Mm. Um, and it's like, what, you, what do you do in that downward spiral? Yeah. And the joke is I take, the, I take the, you know, so that one, that was, I was dumped the impetus for the breakup, but like that guy like totally got, you know, got ultimately got over it. Don't like th- nothing, think well of him, have no problem looking at his Instagram page. It's like a couple of these breakups that I am the one who broke up that those are the ones that shattered me the, the, the most for that's, sure. That's really interesting. Why is it the ones where you ended it? That is, um, that shattered you more than someone else leaving. Because, the, because the one who dumped me, he was just right. We weren't meant for each other, and he was right. And I just needed to push my ego aside to see that, right? Like that was the earliest one in my life. So I was still in my twenties. So once I pushed my ego aside and pushed away the the ego and the hurt of getting dumped, I was like, th- he was a hundred percent right. And actually, I'm gonna say he was doing something that was in my best interest. He released me to mm. be able to come into the world and find someone who was better suited for me. It was a gift, right? Um. And uh, we, and he and I have, you know, talked about this. Like, no, that's why there's no ill will there. He's married, has a kid. He has a life that he knew I didn't want and he wanted. And he was 100% correct in that. Um, and then the other ones, I mean, it hurts when you get, when you break up because I am, you know, I'm hoping that the people will change their ways and then come back and show up for me. And they never do. And that sucks. You know, that's is why. There, is there internalization? I'm assuming from what you're telling me about me, about you, there, there isn't, uh, which is also rare, that when you break no, up with someone, good enough? <laughs> the internalization no. of like, yeah, is there something about me? I'm not good enough. I failed. or, yeah. or No. No, it's it, oh. it, it, it was oh man, I invested I invested so much love and gave so much to someone who I'm like, ah, oh, they couldn't they 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 couldn't they they weren't able to do it. Like they weren't able to show up for me. Like, yeah, but it, no, nothing about reflecting on myself. Mm-mm. I mean, but that's like that means you have high high esteem and self-worth. <laughs> like most it's most so, people correct. do internalize. It still hurts because I like, you know, it's like, because yeah. it's like, I like who I like. And it's like, oh, why can't the person I like show up for me? Yeah. <laughs> like the people, you know? And again, it's like, it's also like, you know, so, and I'm also then comparing people. So this is a, uh, this is an interesting take on like the, the downs of having a good childhood. So it's like, I'm expecting everyone to show up for me that I've date the way my parents um, showed up for me. And that's so now I have something a really high standard to meet, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so many times what I discovered my dad died a couple years ago, and I had gone a really long time. And this is internalizing some this is an example of internalizing something that is not true about myself, but it was a reflection on what other people think of me. So my whole life I've kind of been told by male partners that I am not a nurturing person. Right. And so I just believed it. Cause I was like, that guy goes along with my personality. But then when my dad was dying and he was in hospice and I mean, you know, gruesome, you know, have, you know, feces, feces on your own hands and just yeah. like really like the nitty gritty of someone dying in front of your eyes. I was so nurturing and it was so easy and it was from such a place of love. And I go, Oh, it's not that I'm not a nurturing person. I mean, I'm in fact an extremely nurturing person. All my relatives were complimenting me. Holy crap, Grin, you're holding this whole, you know, this together so well. It's just that I had never, um, I was never like asked to nurture anyone who really like deserved it. I mean, basically is what I found out. I go, oh, when someone who really loves me needs to be nurtured, like a man who really loved me and showed up for me needs to be nurtured. It's second nature. It's no problem. I'll stop everything. I stopped my career. Mm-hmm. I, or I mean, mostly I like, you know, and I don't stop that for anyone. Like, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, so that was a really interesting, um, that was like one of the many positive things that came out of that experience was this was like oh this is all false these things that people have been telling me and i shouldn't have believed i should have known better than to have believed that about myself hey wanted to share with you something i'm super excited about if you go to theangrytherapist.com forward slash premium you not only get commercial free episodes but also something i'm introducing called series rotating wellness topics but not only lessons but what do we do with this information how do we thread this into our life so we could change our life 
go to theangrytherapist.com forward slash premium. Do you find that because you are very specific, because you have a strong sense of self, because you have, quote unquote, uh, done the work or doing the work, that your ocean yeah. turns into a tiny, tiny pond? Uh, maybe a, a Yeah, my therapist and I talk about that all the time. Yeah. So like, yeah, my actually, because your radar is now sh sharp, uh, you probably waste, don't waste a lot of time when you're like, eh, this is not, you know, like there's no future there if that's what you're looking for. No, I go through a lot of boyfriends, excessive amounts. Yeah. And then, yeah. you know, because like people, it's kind of like, you know, I, I feel like a perfect pop culture example is like Taylor Swift. I mean, she had a five-year relationship for a chunk there, but like for a while was going through so many people and so many people interpreted that as a negative about her. And I always interpreted it as a positive. I'm like, no, this is a woman who knows what she wants and why would mm -hmm. she stay settle with someone who's not what she wants. Like I never understood why that was a negative. It, you know, a little bit of is, is slut shaming too. Um, but I, I don't think that's a negative at all. How are you guys different when it comes to, um, sex and intimacy? Hmm. Christina, what is I mean, your... we've never had sex with each other. So I don't know about that, but, um, we like, you guys talk I... about it a lot though. I value sex in a relationship a lot. And for mm -hmm. with me, if I don't have sex, if, especially if I'm in a relationship, I'll get depressed and I'll feel mm -hmm. like disconnected from my body. And it just feels like, ugh, like I it's what, mentally so and physically, is it, it bugs is me. It, is it uh, a number? Like, is it quantity? Is it like X amount of times a week or is it a certain type of energy? What when you, just, what you say? I would say, I mean, at least I would say a couple times a week, but, um, but certainly like the connectedness of it. I do like a variety of sex. I like yeah. quickies. I like taking time. I like planning things. I like, you know, uh, going to a sex club every once in a while. Like I like, I like that variety, but yeah, my, my sexual connection is, I need that for my relationship to, I, I'll get cranky. I'll get pissed, frankly. And I'll, and I'll just start acting like kind of mad. And then I'll be like, what's up? I'm like, what? And you don't want to say like, why haven't we had sex? Like, you know, so I, I still don't know really how to um, bring it up. I'm not used to, I'm dating somebody who's older than me. And I think our sex drives are, are not the same. That's never mm -hmm. happened before for me. So how old he is or she is? Yeah, he's, he's uh, he is uh, almost 48. Okay. And, and uh, you're in your thirties? Yeah, I'm 35. And I'm like, I'm getting like, I, I mean, I've always had a high sex drive, but uh it in my thirties, it's higher. I've noticed. Yeah. Um, so I'm fifty. I'm about to be fifty-one, and I don't know what the fuck's going on, but I'm going backwards. I'm pulling a Benjamin Button where. Um, oh, that's awesome! Bragging. All, no, it's it's a problem. It's a problem. Good for because, Vanessa. Uh, no, 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 no. It's not. A, it's not a good thing. She doesn't. I don't know if she wants that right now. Uh, you know, because we have a four-year-old. We got to schedule this shit. Um. It's a problem because I am like you, um, where it, we, Christina, we got to think of a word that's like hangry because yeah. Vanessa gets hangry. So she doesn't eat. It, it's, I mean, you know, get, you just give yeah. her space because she can't, she's uncontrollable. Um, it's nervous system stuff. It's, it's moody, all that. I'm like that with uh, sex and intimacy. Sangry. Sangry. Se sangry. Yes, you and I, we have a, we have that. It's very strong. Yeah, and I thought it was a problem, and 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 when and early on, I thought, am I a sex addict? Like, why am I so high strung? I don't know. I mean, I, I, I it doesn't run my life. You know, I, I it doesn't damage anything um, as far as my my life, or, or, or I'm not hurting other people. Um, yeah. I do put a lot of pressure on whoever I am loving. You know, in this case, Vanessa, and and that I think is irresponsible. But then it's like, how much of it is like. I shouldn't, you know, I need to take care of myself and my own needs. And how much of it is, is like, you know, can you meet me halfway? I mean, so, yeah, I don't know. I masturbate every single day. I've not missed a day in a long time <laughs> and I just need to come. And I, but the thing is though, masturbating is great. It's, it's awesome. It's great, yeah. but it's more like a, it's a combination for me of like a dopamine chase, but also like a calming. It's very calming. Um, but that 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 aside, even if I didn't do that, it that doesn't matter. Like I still need like a physical touch. I'm not um, I'm not as comfortable with physical touch as as a lot of people are. Like with people I don't know that well. If I'm not in love with you, I'm not gonna touch you. I mean, I love hugging people, but other than that, I'm not. I don't I don't get physical with people in terms of touchy feely. Um, that's really my main source of that is sex. 
and uh, oh, and cuddling so- with my my boyfriend. So it's like, don't cut that off, or I'm gonna go a little nuts. So yeah, that's uh, a big difference. Yes, that's a good point, actually. Like I'll fully like let like a like a good friend suck on my tit like at a party. I don't care. <laughs> right, right. And I, I have- fall asleep in somebody's arms on a couch, and it's like, oh, that's I yeah, wish but, I could do that. But Corinne, <laughs> is that is that because you can separate like to you that just that feels good, like someone massaging your back, but it's not. Someone suck on my tit at a party. It's, it's, not, it's not threatening. <laughs> like there's no investment. You don't have to give this person your heart. You just give them your poop. It's it's uh it's uh, uh, easy or no, or what, why is no, that? I, mean, I feel safe with them because they're my friend. I mean, in many ways I feel safe. I mean, who, who do you, like, I feel safer with my friends than basically any romantic partner I've had. Mm-hmm. My friends have been around longer. And I mean, like, I just, I guess the only thing that is like some people, it would get weird for them. And like, I don't ha- I have that, like, I have enough masculine energy that, that is, I don't have that, like, uh, yeah, that like, oh my God, I have feelings for you now. It's very hard for me to develop feelings for someone. So I don't really walk around too worried about that. I'd rather just get my tits up. Now, but you're unlike Christina in that you do not masturbate every day and your sex drive isn't super high or is it? My sex drive is high. I just don't, I, I don't find a lot of satisfaction about uh, out of masturbation. Yeah. It's kind of interesting because I feel like Christina enjoys sex just for sex more than I do, which doesn't, yeah. which doesn't seem accurate based on, our personalities because Christine is like very sweet and love loves love. She's like, she's always saying she loves love. And I've literally said love doesn't do a lot for me. And I mean that mm. like, it just doesn't, it doesn't, Wait, it doesn't it, do it. Explain. What do you mean? Love doesn't do a lot for you. It doesn't hit the way it hits for other people. I don't know. It's like, I, I it's like, I have, Again, like I just, I've had a lot of love in my life. I have a lot of love for myself. The love that other people offer me kind of uh, pales in comparison from the love that I am able to offer myself and the love that I got received from my parent and receive Mm -hmm. and still, I mean, one of them is dead, but receive uh, from my parents slash my living parents. So it's like this, like she came under earth with a full tank, like her tank was full. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you, you and I are like on the E. <laughs> very <laughs> empty. Very like, <laughs> you know, yeah, when you're vomiting I'm, I'm, and you I'm have nothing left. Oh, yeah. every day as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think there is a connection there, what you're talking about. I think, um, Corinne, maybe because um, you did have a, 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 a emotional milk and, and, and a solid upbringing and, and um, a sense of self. I wonder if because of that, there's more groundedness. There's, uh, um, less chasing after the highs and you know what you're There's a lot more doing. disappointment too though I'm I'm like that's like the biggest thing I work on in therapy is disappointed I'm constantly disappointed um in just everything <laughs> I'm like this is it yeah are you just not really uh, are you disappointed in this conversation no this is good to, okay good good thank you for your, your honesty um yeah you know, no it's, it's yeah it's. I think it's because, and I know you said it's not about standards, it's about specifics, but if you are specific, your standards are high because that is not the norm. And so I think with taste and what you expect because you expect a lot because you believe you yeah. have value, yes, you're going to be disappointed left and right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's very, it's very sad. So what do we do about that? It's fine, but I mean, I think it's just like a, just because I feel like people get mad at me a lot, right? Because I talk, I have a lot, you know, I, I like, I joke a lot. Once I figured out that that was like what was the difference between me and a lot of other people, I started talking about it a lot in my stand up, and I feel people like have this like resentment towards me, right? Because I got a good childhood and they didn't. Yeah. So I'm just kind of trying to like, I just try to remind people like the playing field. I truly believe always evens out, right? And so if you had a nice childhood, things are getting better. And I, I mean, if you had a bad childhood, things are getting better. If you had a nice childhood, unless things really work out, they're getting worse. <laughs> so like, you know, we're all, pay- we're all paying our dues just at different times in our life. So I paid a lot, like I paid a lot more dues in my twenties than during childhood. It doesn't mean I didn't pay them though. Right. Right. And also what's interesting is someone saying that uh, she had a good childhood and, and also have, you know, struggles, right? Because we think that if you had a great upbringing and no trauma and all that, then that sure. you know, your, your life is quote unquote perfect or good. And that's not the case. No, it's for me, it's like, it's a difference between, I think a lot of people have a hard time relating to themselves. I have a hard time relating to other people. It doesn't, it's not really any more pleasant. It's like, okay, so yeah, COVID was better for, for me because I love spending time with myself, but like, you know, small interactions are torturous. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Um, let me switch gears a little bit. Uh, 
how did you guys know at what point that uh, guys we fucked was oh this is getting popular or it's successful quote unquote uh, did you guys start getting recognized on the street or, or at what point did you know that, hey, we have something good here? And then there's a couple waves of the podcast getting like big. Um, the, I think that I mean, after I remember I remember very clearly after we recorded the first episode uh, at the podcast network we were at at the time, the guy who was behind the engineering board was like, oh, I want to work on this podcast. This is really good. And I was like, yeah, I felt that felt like a great interview. It was interesting. It was awkward. It was very honest. And, uh, and then we just had, we've had press in pretty much every major publication without a publicist, um, at the first couple years. And now we know since we, since hiring a publicist that it's, it's very hard to, that's a very hard thing to do. It's just like, Oh, people yeah. magazine emailed us and they just want to do a story about us. We got, we were on car, uh, last call with Carson Daly. This is all people mm-hmm. like kind of cold emailing us from these publications. Uh, we pretty much started pitching television shows right away. All like wow. reality dating type shows, um, and then, yeah, I remember, I remember well, the first well, time we got recognized book. on the street, we wrote a book. Yeah. Yes. We wrote a book yes. called Fucked our, being, uh, hmm? that's our connection is I, uh, I believe it's Harper one, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yes. yes. So all my books are Harper one. And, uh, nice. um, I believe, I don't know if Hillary had something to do with it, but she, she remembers and remind, re- reminded me of, uh, of you guys when I went on your podcast. So I think I just, yeah. we, we just found you like, cause found just you on Instagram. We had a lot of reels that uh, came up on our feed. That's that's how I, I mean. Hillary, we love Hillary. She can take credit, but I'm I'm pretty sure it was just like from you, from you, from you doing so much amazing content. Um, yeah, I remember Corinne was like, "Oh, I found this therapist couple that's like amazing," and I started following you. I'm like, I like what you have to say about anger because I'm an angry motherfucker, and it's hard once the, once that beast starts dancing. It's I don't know how to not make it come out in a good way so i very much relate to uh to everything you have to say about having are a temper you angry today or you used to be angry uh oh i've i've had moments today i've had some moments mm-hmm. driving i drive a lot and oh, uh okay. in the city right, right. yeah um, I, so I, I, road rage road yeah especially in new york i i um i used to be angry because i used to be unhappy so uh yes anger is a reaction um but overall i lived in dread and worry and growing up in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. um, I was always chasing shiny things, right? And so, um, because I was I was a screenwriter before this, so because I didn't sell the million dollar mm-hmm. screenplay, and I didn't have the, you know, the glass house in the hills, and the Range Rover Porsche combo, and the model girlfriend, <laughs> um, because I didn't have those things. Well, I had some of those things. Um, uh, in my first marriage, she was she was a model, and she was very attractive. Um, but but because of that, I um, I don't know why. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, there I am again, seeking approval, validation, living. But, um, I I was a miserable fuck, and I was very angry because I was unhappy. So that's where my anger came mm. from. Yeah, you're talking yeah. about anger as in like I can't control. Mine's more impatience. Yes, impatience. Yeah, pa- impatience and certainly control. I, I I have a hard time relinquishing control, which is interesting because it's like there's only technically there's only very few things in our lives that we do have control over. Everything else is just like you just gotta roll with it. Yeah. What are you both excited about? Uh, Corinne, I know you have another podcast, right? Mm-hmm. Called Without a Country. Mm-hmm. So does Christina. Uh, Christina, what's your podcast? Yeah, I have one called The Voices in Our Heads. That's oh. like, it's just me, solo, self-helpy. Oh, I read a self-help book. There's this great book that I'm reading now on the podcast called Why Won't You Apologize by Harriet mm-hmm. Lerner. Mm-hmm. And it like really dissects what a shitty apologize sounds like and how it feels and how to, and what to do. And I'm like, oh God, I wish I had this book in my Wait, in my both of those years. podcasts are, uh, there, there's no guest or other guests. It's just you guys, right? I have guests sometimes, but not every week. So I'll have like uh, someone like uh, other, I'll have like journalists or like lawyers, Mm -hmm. that kind of a guest, not like flashy guests. And so that podcast obviously feels, uh, it it feels a different passion of yours. What, what made you create? uh, So Corinne, for you without a country, how did that happen? And, And what's the, what's the passion behind that? Uh, I guess, I mean, it's interesting because it kind of in a way was, did stem from a dating experience. So like uh, one of the very few, you know, great loves of my life, uh, I had a, it was like a, like a MAGA guy, like not when I started dating him because Trump hadn't been running for mm-hmm. uh, office, like we were dating before then, but 
I like find out that he's like voting for Donald Trump while we're, you know, Mm. dating. And I was a huge Hillary Clinton, um, fan. And, um, so we went through that 2016 election together and I took it as like this amazing learning experience and like, wow, look how strong love is. Like, even though we're getting in these like huge political arguments every night, we like still love and respect each other so much. And I tried to share that experience with our listeners on guys we fucked. And I was really disappointed in their reaction and how they just like couldn't see past the fact that I was fucking a Trump guy. And so I was like, well, I'm going to take this and, and build my own learning experience from this. And so, uh, and, and really like find some truth in the middle of the, the perspective of the right and the left. Cause I just think that there's a lot of lies in both political parties. Um, and I'm very interested in the truth, no matter whose side the truth lies on. I just right. want to know the truth. And, um, you know, talk about bias and reporting and stuff. So that's where that came about. It's just a sh- it's show that covers the news from the right, from the left, from the far right, from the far left, and finds the truth in 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 the somewhere in the middle. And uh, it. it's been yeah, it's been a really fun experience for me. I just, I'm like really into social issues, like yes. in general too. So it was a way for me to expand and really get on top of the news in a way that I hadn't previously been. Like do my due diligence as a member of society. I love it. I think it's hot. I also think that uh, you um, fucking a Trump guy and actually able to have a relationship because I'll tell you the political stuff, if there is contrast, that's usually a giant crowbar. I mean, very few because I mean, those are like conversations that turn into heated arguments that turn into I don't even like you anymore. You know, they're deep. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it it was. It it, it was deep. It really. It, it taught me a lot, but I mean, it also kind of, yeah, to your point, like it reinforced like how much we love, loved each other. And, um, yeah, I mean, and how connected we are. Cause I, I, I do feel like he was the person out of all the people I've dated that was most like me, even though mm-hmm. he had these drastically poli- different political views. And I mean, like the ones I, you know, many of the ones I really cared about, he, he like, you know, like abortion, for instance, like he was, uh, on, you know, he was pro-choice, but. And like right. would come to a gay bar with me and stuff like that. Right. He wasn't right. like so, so there was openness. Well, I mean, I guess he has hate in his heart, but we all have a little hate in our heart. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, uh, this reminds me going back to uh, I, I tend to throw boomerangs and hope they come back and they sometimes land sure. in other people's yards. But uh, going back to the the what we started with uh, soulmates, I mm. think like my definition of soulmate is kind of what you're talking about, where there is contrast and this person that you're connected to. It's supposed to teach you something, and that lesson lessons always come through conflict. Lessons come through, you yeah. know, differences. Uh, two people who are passionate and they're the same, and there's never any fighting. There's a lot of lessons in that. There's just a lot of dopamine and possibly, um, you know, fakeness. So, um, yeah. So that to me, soulmate isn't always uh, this. You know, like the the image I see is the notebook, or like you know, two people running toward each other and not letting go it to me so this a soulmate is also someone who challenges you so yeah he was making me think in a different way like yeah. i mean i i just don't get it like i said like i kind of don't there's not a lot that i like feel like i need or get out of relationships so far so like mm-hmm. to me that was a huge gift that was a huge get from that yeah. from that relationship you taught me to be more open mind you know mm-hmm. open-minded to think about things to read the news in a different way like that that's stuff that i'm going to take with me for the rest of my life i also want to insert that i think as a society uh we put too much weight on the promise right even with like um, mm. marriage and the ring and it's like the, the happily ever after thing it's uh i think it's damaging so you know, yeah. soulmate is also the person that's in front of you. That's quote unquote the one. And um, instead of, you know, thinking about is this person ever going to leave me? It's like love them like there's going like tomorrow it's over. You know, love them like uh, just just to be present. And so, anyway, uh, Christina, what about you? The voices in your head. What what's the passion that created that? Uh, childhood trauma, really. Mm-hmm. Um, I. You mentioned the book Kern and I wrote a couple years back. We each had our own separate book dedication and four out of the five people in my book dedication are blocked on my phone. So that's like the, the evolving and the dying of old selves that has happened in my life yeah. the last you know eight plus years is 
immense. Like I'm completely different. I, I obviously a lot of my character traits I've carried over, but it's just so many, so much of my thinking is completely different. It's completely new. Um, and so I'm really into childhood trauma because discovering what that was made me realize that, okay, the problem isn't me, even though you, you got to take personal responsibility for your behaviors. But um, it, it's like, the, it's, you're actually supposed to be loved and nurtured as a kid. I just sure. didn't think that that's what was supposed to happen yeah. um, because you don't, you know, when you grow up, you don't have something to compare it to. And then you eventually do. And you're like, well, I guess this is what I got. And you don't realize the repercussions of, of not being nurtured in the way that you should. And then as you get older too, you see the way parents love their kids and you're like, mm -hmm. what the fuck? Is that what they're supposed to do? God mm -hmm. damn. And you're like, there's that bitterness period of like, how would I have been different? How all the ways that I would have been different if I didn't, have them as my parents that like I would have loved like just a healthy brain and a healthy sense of self but um but having to work for it and fight for it and you know dig it out of me because it's always been there has been you know it's it's character building so the voices in our heads is kind of a lot about um understanding yourself and it's also silly like I have a very weird goofy side to me mm -hmm. um that does cartoon voices and shit and just like <laughs> I'm pissed off about shit that, yeah, you know, yeah. and so I just, yeah. it's a venting, but it's like silly and it's just it's, a space for me to be goofy. It sounds very therapeutic. Well, everyone check out voices in your head and check out, uh, without a country. Um, and obviously, uh, guys, we fucked, uh, what's next for both of you, or you guys are also uh, stand up comics, both of you, correct? Yes. Yeah, man. There's you guys are doing so primarily stand-up comics. Yeah, that's yes, our main that's the, gig. That was our first main, gig. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's, I didn't. That's know that. the one. Yeah. That's the what? mothership. Okay, got yeah. It. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Well, yeah, Corinne and I have a show in New York. If you're, if if you're, if this comes out before December first, we have mm -hmm. a guys who fucked live at the Midnight Theater. It's a really great show nice. um, that you can buy tickets for to see in person, or you can buy a streaming ticket and watch it live as it happens. I think you have forty eight hours to watch the show. Um, so, and what we're, is, what we're is both the show? on the road. Is it, uh, is it the guest format? Uh, what's different about the live version, or is there a difference? Um, we interact with the audience with this mm -hmm. one, so we come mm -hmm. out on stage and we talk about things that we'll talk about on the podcast, but like refreshed kind of topics we haven't really touched on before um corinne myself and then our producer mike um and then we'll do a lot of audience interactions there'll be prank calling of an ex nice. um wow. getting people to be kind of uncomfortably honest with themselves on stage and our yeah. audience we're really lucky our audience is super loyal but they're also they'll come on our live shows are the best because people will come on stage and just say shit. And to me, it, it makes sense and it's normal. But to most people, it's like, you're just going to fucking say that? Wow. And I love that. I love It's like you have nothing to be ashamed of. And then I also um, I have a Patreon page where I do um, group therapy once a week. So it's, mm -hmm. I don't say therapy because I'm not a licensed therapist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I really share. love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, that's Patreon.com. Yeah, over Zoom. I just send out a Zoom link um, once a week, and it's real. And I upload the recording of the thing. And people, people have been through a lot of shit, oh, a lot of, of a lot of crazy of shit. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, I know. I've heard. <laughs> I've heard everything. Corinne, <laughs> what about you? Uh, with stand up. Yeah, I'm in. Um, I'm going to be headlining Zany Chicago December 15th and 16th. That was just announced. The ticket link is up. And then I also this year created a monthly uh, horror themed or almost monthly horror themed uh, comedy show at the Comedy Store in Los Angeles called Gash. So the next one will probably be sometime in January. But um, you can follow Gash Slasher Comedy on Instagram for all the latest or just me at philanthropy gal. Um, but yeah, that's what I've oh, been knows. working on. Christina, are you there? Can you hear me? You see me, correct? Oh, no. Oh, John, we lost you. Oh, uh -oh. no, we're back. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. You you the last part. You're back. Yes, I'm back. Uh, Sorry. Oh, I, th I was just talking about, I had a month, I have a almost monthly show at the comedy store in Los Angeles called Gash. It's horror mm -hmm. movie themed. It's fun. <laughs> um, so both of you are so busy and both of you guys uh, seem you guys seem to hustle and you guys are creating all these products doing all these things also stand up is I think one of the hardest things to to do um, where do you guys find the time and the drive and the passion to get up every morning and, and, and just juggle so many plates I think uh, what you guys are doing the action of you guys building these things are inspirational 
to to anyone. You know? Thank you. Yeah. I think seeing seeing how guys we fucked has affected people. We've we've always had it. it what gets me up in the morning is I love setting goals and going like, all right, how are we going to do this? Like I, I love that. It's it's very yeah. it's very all consuming and it's very exciting um, because our goals are very very high. I think as everybody kind of should nice. be if they yeah. if they want high goals. But um, but yeah, I think seeing how. Something as simple as hearing someone talk about uh, an experience in their life and you can actually get healed from that. It's simple. Mm. It's free. There's no mm. side effects except that you're, you have a better relationship with yourself is really cool. I think comedy is a really powerful way to deliver a message. Um, and you, when you talk about like dark shit in a comedic way, it's just therapeutic beyond belief. Um, and it's just really fun. Stand up is fun. Once you get good at it, it's, it's addicting. <laughs> it's oh, very, it's very exciting. It's, it's the best job ever. Also terrifying, and I think it takes a lot of courage. Corinne, what about you? Uh, how do you how do well, you do everything? It's you do? terrifying for us, though. That's the yeah. thing, you know. It's, like I'm, I'm excited about it. Well, <laughs> yeah. When you guys started, did you guys rock rooms, or didn't you have nights where there was just crickets, and you're like, "Oh my god!" Like it wasn't. I mean, didn't it take That's funny though. I think bombing is funny. <laughs> Well, I'm very- well, I had I had a bad relationship with him at first. Yeah, well, Corinne, we all we've we've established that you're not the norm, and uh, bombing <laughs> is is funny, and relationships don't have weight over you. You had a great upbringing, and so it's not terrifying though. When what you you know you know you're a professional comic. Christina is is not terrified of bombing either though. Like no. so, you know you're a it happens. You're a pro when you're when you the first time you bomb and you go, huh, that didn't really affect me. Yeah. You know, when you I, laugh, when you can laugh at how hard you bombed, you've you're a pro. Yeah, wow. yeah. That if you, it's, so it's like it, you know, it's like I don't know if you like you know if you send the wrong email at work, are you going to be like, oh, my life is over? No, you go, ah, I fucked up at work. You know, it's like it's this is just our job. Yeah, this is it's you know you know you're not like living in. I, ho- hopefully, most of us are not like living in constant anxiety about not having a good day at work. And if you are, like, you're you might be being abused by your boss. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, we're going to end with, uh, uh, a round table of questions and these can be quick. You don't have to give elaborate answers, but, um, I just want to ask them because so many people ask questions. Is that cool? Sure. Yeah. I want to, I want to start with, um, um, one of my own, this is a generic question, but someone asked me this, uh, I was in Mexico last week and it's the, um, dinner with anyone you want, who and why Beyonce, because she's the greatest example of human potential. Oh shit! Okay. Or an alien. That's uh, tied. Shit. Oh, alien! Alien would be pretty amazing. You might not make it alive. I mean, who knows? But yeah. No, I would. I would. No, you know what? I changed. Yeah, I changed my answer to an alien. Actually, alien is pretty amazing. Corinne, what about you? Alive or dead? Can it be dead or alive? It could be dead, but like, don't pick Jesus or don't pick. No, you know, no, I would yeah. never pick Jesus. Um, <laughs> mine is Harry Houdini. I just love the oh. way that he that he lived his life and also, but also a performer, but in a different um, way for me. And I just, I, I've always wanted to meet him. I've read a lot of uh, biographies about him. He seems like a fascinating and extremely ethical person, which I am a sucker mm. for an ethical man. I, I could, I could smell that. Um, I think mine, I think mine would be, uh, what's that? I just love ethics and morality. <laughs> what, I'm is that? what is that? Uh, yes, like someone uh, who has like, own like their own moral compass no I'm not like I'm, I'm joking follow others well because i'm just like to to say what, what i mean by it when i say it i think for you um instead of uh abs and other things like pretty eyes i think ethics morality gets you excited turns you on and i think it's yeah. you, that's like foundational um for me that's high but it's not the highest yeah I like a nice ass. I like a nice butt because I'm like Christina. I'm the, you know, coconut oil daily kind of, um, we, Christina, sangry, 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 uh, very sangry. I think mine would be Anthony Bourdain. You know, the food's going to be epic. Mm. Um, and I just yeah. think, like, he must have so much wisdom from experience, so much culture and travel because mm. we live in such a bubble. Like he has a lifetime of being everywhere. And so to sit down and to, um, hear stories and harness that that kind of wisdom is like collecting all the tree rings from this giant oak tree that has lived for you know anyway um who taught it says here who taught them the most about love quick christina who taught you the most about love myself learning, obviously Ooh, yeah <laughs> corinne myself. what about you who taught you the most about love alanis morissette <laughs> oh really yeah. and, uh, and why is that 
just, I mean, her, her lyrics for the, a, a large part of my early years were kind of like my Bible for relationships. I was able to look at them and, and how people react, reacted to Alanis and the pain that she was able to kind of like funnel through so much through her mm. lyrics. So, yeah. Yeah. So that's for me. What is a challenge they've overcome this year and how did they navigate it? Oh God. Um, Corinne, we'll start with you this time. A challenge I've overcome. I mean, oh God, this has been two years of constant challenges. I mean, I guess I'll go with like the leak over of like grief um, that I've been dealing with for several years. How did I overcome it? I mean, you don't overcome grief. You just yeah. learn how to live with it as many people who have dealt with heavy amounts of grief will let you know. So I've just like... I just kind of like applied my uh, signature tough love to myself. And I was like, all right, this is, you just have to live with this, this grief and, and keep being the current that you always were. Like, don't let like the grief steal who you were, just add to it and like be a more complex individual with the grief, learn how to cohabitate with the grief. Yeah. And I believe you work mm. through it. I think you move through it. I think grief has stages and, um, sure. The, the stages are not always in order. Um, what about you, Christina? Um, I, I've overcome the guilt that accompanies cutting off both of your parents. I don't feel guilty anymore. Oh. I feel very blissfully happy and proud of myself that I did that. And uh, yeah. Wow, that's huge. I don't go back and forth as much. Yes. That's a big, that's a big, big, big deal. Um, that's a big one, yeah. Okay, we're going to end with this. Best advice for keeping things spicy in a marriage slash relationship. Corinne. Keep dating new people. (laughs) (laughs) Just just open Uh, it. Just open it basically. Yeah. For me, I think it's like, it's like, mm, have secrets that you only have with your partner. I'm really Mm. big on that. Like I love like a, like a, you know, like a, when Selma Blair is like chanting secret society to Reese Witherspoon and cruel intentions. Like that's Mm. how I like my, uh, partner, my romantic partnerships to be. I I like a little like giggly gossip with a man. Um, so secrets between only us. And then just, it's like exploring new places, ideas, concepts together. I find Find that oh, yeah. to like, really spice things up, have a new experience together, and figure out how you manage it. Like I thought, I, I thought I fought a locksmith with my ex-boyfriend, and that was like one of the, not physically, <laughs> um, that was one of the uh, like first bonding experiences that we had as a couple because we we learned not you know you learn a lot from fighting with each other but you also I've come to find out learn a lot from fighting a third party together, sure. and that was mm-hmm. that locksmith. <laughs> Fighting a locksmith uh, with my boyfriend it sounds very New York. Yeah, it was so very, New York. Very New York. Yeah, because yeah, you know, he was trying to charge us eight hundred dollars, but we had to pay it to get in. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, yeah. You you said in the in the beginning, I don't know if you're joking or not, uh, to have many partners, and lately monogamy has kind of been on trial. What's your opinion on um, other ty- non-monogamy? Oh, is it, that's it, yeah, that's a, funny that you asked me that because I, I was like one of the major things I've learned from this podcast is that and I've been like in open relationships and stuff that is that I am like way more monogamous than mm. I would have originally estimated. Oh. For me, it's like the 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 like part of the spice and like the reason that I would even put up with all the nonsense you have to put up to be in a relationship is that that like intense, intense, obsessive like connection that you can get with someone. I am just sure. like. I am not into other people, like letting other people into that. I mean, eventually if I was with someone long enough, I would totally let them fuck other people, but like, <laughs> but yes. I, it's just being realistic. Yeah. 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 Um, Christina, what about you? The question is uh, best advice for keeping things spicy in a marriage or a relationship. I would say plan a couple sexual adventures a year. Mm. Explain. Like a describe. couple, you know, um, go to adventure? a sex so doing something sexually adventurous or explorative, like um, getting on a, a three-way app, uh, if that's something you both want to do, mm. going to a sex club, um, going to a strip club, watching, uh, you know, it could be for some people, it could be uh, something could be exciting, like watching porn together. I love yeah. that. Mutual yeah. masturbation, just something that's different, really. Um, but I, it's like Corinne said, like fighting somebody together is very bonding. It's really um, my last relationship and I, um, my boyfriend and I of seven years, the last 
couple of years we were monogamish, but we were, we did it together and uh, we would go on dates with women. And it was so fun because we were both nervous and we're both like, oh God, I hope she doesn't, I hope she likes us. And it was like, oh my God, it's such a unique experience. And it, and also too, when you do these more adventurous things that maybe make you a little nervous, you're not sure how they're going to go. Um, you feel really connected afterwards. It's kind of wild. I didn't really expect that part. Well, that's really interesting to be like rejected together or to be, you know, flirted <laughs> with together. Uh, so you guys have brought women into your relationship. What about men? Or is it only uh, not with that person? I've had a, I've had some experiences with two guys, but not, not while I was in a relationship. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and then with you, uh, monogamy and non-monogamy, or are you kind of um, still, you know, exploring and experimenting? Yeah, I think I'm mostly monogamous, but um, yeah. I, if I feel really safe in my relationship and it's been a while, then I'm I I could absolutely see myself having a non-monogamous uh, commitment. But uh, for right now, I like monogamy. Hey, you guys said something really important. I want to remind people of this because this is a very popular topic. Um, I think for non-monogamy to have a chance, your relationship has to be strong and solid. And then you can kind of go out and explore and customize. A lot of people use non-monogamy as a way to fix their relationship, and that always goes south. Oh, that's like right? using a baby to fix it. What what a terrible yeah. idea. Yeah. Also, like, yeah, yeah, no. It's you because you can feel so safe in in having sex with somebody else, and it kind of makes you like your partner more because you're like, you trust yeah. me and love me yes. enough that you yes. want me to have this experience. Whether you want to hear about it or not, that's your preference. But like, you're you're not possessive of me, and you understand that I'm my own separate person. I think um, uh, Esther Perel talks about this. You can't have a, a deep sexual attraction and a fiery sexual attraction if you're the the same person. If you've like meshed into one, mm. there has to be separation there, and part of that separation is your own independence. Yeah, and I also think like, not only do you have to be in a good place, but I think that you have to, I personally believe that you have to be monogamous for a period of time. Like I would say like at least a year. And I know Dan yeah, Savage yeah. with that too, um, because I just know so many people who enter into like a union with a primary partner, but are open from day one. And especially people in their 20s yeah. are doing this. And I'm like, I don't, I don't believe that you're building a bond. I think you just wanted like someone that you call your girlfriend or boyfriend who, so you can like call them when you're sad with boyfriend, girlfriend duties, but then also have the luxury of having sex with whoever you want. Like, I don't buy it. I wonder if it's also a Gen Z thing where generally speaking, um, you know, uh, everything's on demand and a year for them, maybe, mm. maybe a long time. Uh, I grew up in the eighties and, uh, relationships are built. And so I agree with you a year's nothing. I mean, a year is barely, you just barely get to right. know someone 360 in a year, you know? Yeah. And so you could still be in a honeymoon period in a year. That's yeah, a year. Yeah. A year is nothing. nothing. Yeah. Um, I, I was just going to say something and I totally forgot, but, uh, um, oh, I don't know. Oh, Oh, possession, possession, Christina, you nailed it. You said possession. So, uh, I agree with you when you feel freedom is actually when you feel the closest, when you feel possession or grabbed. Like, like, you know, Vanessa always tells me, um, if the cage door is open, I actually don't want to go anywhere. That, that, that's yeah, hot. Totally. Like, mm. Most people in relationships, and this goes back to the promise and, and, uh, you know, locking something down, you know, forever and all that. Um, it makes right. people feel like, property and that yeah uh, definitely is not sexy um you know what i like is is not the cage door it's the it's saloon doors right there's no lock on it um, um but, 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 but there is privacy you know <gasps> yeah. what i'm saying so like, damn it uh, i feel like i was making a good point too oh uh, sorry you cut out you said you know oh, what i, I like out. and then yeah. There's a there's a thunderstorm it's raining in front of me in los angeles and, I, and i'm in the hills so i'm oh. sorry oh, um, so instead of the cage door I like the saloon doors. Oh yeah, saloon doors. Like uh, there's no lock on it, uh, but there's also yeah. privacy and there's you know a healthy space. Anyway, well, hey, thank you so much for being on my podcast. Thanks thank for you. having us. Yes, uh, and anything else that uh, where can we find you? Like I want, I want, um, I want your address in New York. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, Guys We Fucked is available wherever you get your podcasts. And that mm -hmm. social media account on TikTok, Facebook, Instagram uh, is at Guys We Fucked without the U and Fucked. We also have all of our episodes on YouTube. Um, and they're really great. Um, and then our social media, my, my personal social media is at Christina Hutch, which is K-R-Y-S-T-Y-N-A, Hutch. 
And mine's at, mine's at Philanthropy Gal and on Threads, X, TikTok, Instagram, Everything. all the things. Yeah, come come what, hang what, out. What is your what is your guys' favorite platform? Podcasting or what is your Instagram. favorite thing? Besides oh, oh. besides the stage. Oh, I'd say a podcast, Mike. But I would say even social media platform. Mine's Instagram. Instagram, yeah, I think so. Me too. Yeah, Instagram for me yeah. too. I used to really love Twitter, but it really went downhill when it yeah. became X. I was obsessed with that for a while. Uh, Corinne, do you feel like you're a sandwich between two people oh, from no, the eighties? Oh no, swim took you again. Oh no. shit! Okay, we gotta close this up. Am I back? Am I back? Okay, not not back. back? John. Okay. You're back now. You're back. Yeah. Now. My last question to you, Corinne, was: Do you feel like you're sandwiched between two people from the '80s? Christina, with that perm, looks like she's from Heart. And then also with my merm. Yes. I, I mean, I we're her. like, we're like That's '80s, her. '90s. That's natural. Oh you, oh, you thought I had a perm? This is oh natural, no, no, no. baby. Oh, oh, I called up. Sorry, I'm, that's natural. I'm the I'm the one with the perm. You have a perm? Nice. I have a merm. Good yes, nice locks. Yes. My shit's straight, and um, I'm the fake one. Yeah, no, yours is natural for sure. I can see it. Yeah. Love it. All right. Be well. Thank you so much. And thank uh, you. yeah, keep doing what you do. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye.